And I have great news. I think I fixed the microphone. I think I did it. I'm pretty sure that this is going to sound a lot better than past episodes have because I actually took the time to figure it out and fix it. Then again, I think that there might be something structurally wrong with my microphone. So as much as I should have just been like, oh, well, that's not important. It actually is vitally important for what I want to talk about today because today I want to talk about why we think that we have control over anything. (laughs) Maybe not even why. Maybe that's the wrong way to put it. I want to talk about just control. So I've been struggling with this microphone for a little while, right? I mean, anyone who's listened regularly, I used to have this microphone. It used to work perfectly. And then something happened and it stopped working perfectly, but I didn't know. And so I've been working on it. I've been trying to make it sound good. And hopefully those of you who are still listening, and I very much appreciate you listening, friends, have noticed that, you know, episodes haven't sounded amazing, but they've sounded okay. Uh, Hopefully okay. Well, I have this beautiful microphone and it wasn't doing its job because I didn't take the time to figure out and fix it. But we're here now, and I'm so excited that I think I figured out how to fix it. Because I have only so much control as as my intellect. I only have a little bit of control over, <laughs> over these things. And even with that small amount of control that I know that I do have, the truth is I honestly don't have that much control. All I have was my attitude towards this. And my attitude for the past several episodes has been like, well... It's going to sound how it sounds. I'd rather get the content out than make it sound perfect. And so the truth of the matter is I didn't care. I mean, I cared because I wanted it to be quality, but I didn't care that much. The reason I've been thinking about control is because I've been traveling a lot. Uh, Thank goodness. I think travel season is over for a while. But when you travel, you quickly learn that you have very little control over anything. And it's a great reminder to... Keep perspective on what you do have control over, right, friends? So I was just on a trip, and it was the last trip of this travel season. It was the last time that I was going to do these sort of grueling – the work's not grueling. The work's rewarding, which is why you can get through the grueling stuff. But the – it was the last time I was going to do these just uh, real early mornings, lots of driving, real late nights, not a lot of time off, and all that's fine. But this was the last trip back, and when I went to check in for my trip, uh, I was headed from Chicago back to Los Angeles, and as I touched down to Chicago, coming from Los Angeles, it was time to check in for my flight home, which are always the really fun trips, and it said, hey, your flight is full. We'd like to offer you a travel voucher if you'd be willing to take another flight back to LA that day, uh, later in the day, or the next morning, and I thought, one of the, and I almost did it because I thought, oh, I could get a travel voucher and I could get some, you know, a voucher for future trips that I could take on this airline, which would be great. And or uh, I could, you know, at least put myself out there and I'd get back more or less the same time. One of the trips I considered doing because it was basically I'd get back to Los Angeles 30 or 45 minutes later than I was scheduled. And I looked at it and I kind of, I thought about it for a little bit. And then I thought, you know what? No, I, even if I did bid, I would bid a lot for this travel voucher. The way it works is like you can bid lower amounts. And if you're like, ah, for 300 voucher dollars, I'm willing to trade flights. And they go with the cheap people first, understandably. And then if they really need people, they'll do people for a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And I was going to bid 
above what they had on there. So the chances of me moving were slim anyway. But the reason I didn't do it was because I thought, no, I want to get back to Los Angeles by this time. I don't want to get back late. As if I had control over the matter. <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't bid and I just let it go. And then the next day I get to the airport and I'm tired and I'm, um, I'm starting to wear, I don't know if this happens to you, but for me when I'm really going through like something grueling, like some sort of uh, long race, we'll say, or when I was, um, years ago, I hiked the Camino de Santiago and every day it didn't matter how much I was walking. Whenever I walked to the town I was going to stay in, whether that had been two miles for the day or like 12 or 15 miles of walking that day, whatever it was, the second I got to the town, it's like my brain and my body knew that I was shutting down. And so it just started just like immediately my feet would get sore, I'd get really thirsty, I'd get really hungry, just like immediately. So the same thing was sort of happening when I got to the airport uh, in Chicago. I just knew that this like season of travel was ending. This was the last flight I had to get through and I'd be home before midnight and I'd be able to just snuggle with my loved ones and it'd be great. Or so I thought. So the second I get through security and um, I get to my gate, I get a notification. And first of all, I'm early because I like to be at airports early. That's just something about me. But I'm especially early because I just didn't have much to do in Chicago. So not that there isn't plenty to do in Chicago, but it was like to commit to doing something in Chicago would have taken more time than it took me to get to the airport. So whatever. So whatever. I'm at the airport early and I think, all right, just a couple hours. That's how early I get there. A couple hours and I get to my gate and it says you have a three plus hour delay, like three and a half hour delay, which means I'm now at the airport for like six and a half hours. And also, I'm not going to get into Los Angeles till like 1.45 in the morning. And my first thought was, understandably, like, no! And like, wah, wah, immediately, just immediately mope central. And then my next thought was, man, if I had bid to go on that other flight on the same airline that was leaving from Los Angeles, or leaving from Chicago to Los Angeles, 30 minutes later than my flight, I would be getting home now three hours earlier than I'm going to. Because here's the thing, and what it boiled down to was I, we don't have control. I don't have control. I didn't have control over that. And it was comical to me that I thought that I did. Because I thought that I had enough control to say, no, I'm not going to do that because I want to make sure I get in by this time. And then the world was like, oh, by the way, you don't have control over this. So now you're going to get in three and a half hours after you thought you were. So you're going to get in at two in the morning Pacific time. And your butt got up at uh, six in the morning Eastern time. So it uh, didn't feel good. But I sat there and I just uh, I just kind of took it because what are you going to do? There were options because of this intense delay. There were options that they offered up that were like, hey, you could try and catch this flight that connects in San Francisco. There was one option that I that I looked good because I was there so early that it was basically like, hey, in 40 minutes, there's a flight that goes to San Francisco. Then you can catch a flight from San Francisco back to L.A. and you can be back in L.A. by 11 o'clock. And yeah, I was for a second, I thought, ooh. So I kind of flirted with that idea. And then the app 
good on them. The airline gave a warning. They're like, oh, by the way, flights on here might be delayed. So there's a chance that you won't hit your connecting flight. And I just was like, I mean, as much as I, again, tried to control the situation, I was like, no, I want to get into Los Angeles before midnight. I want to be home before midnight. I'm so over all this travel. I was like trying to take control of the situation and get myself, you know, try and find which gate that this, I was looking up which gate this airline was leaving out of because if I can't even get to the gate, then I'd change my airline and miss that flight and then I would stick in O'Hare and I'd also not have a flight home yet and it would, it just would have turned into a whole thing. And so I sat there and I was like, no, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to accept that this is what's happening and we're just going to try and be as productive as possible. And so I, that's what I did. So I just accepted that it happened. I didn't change up my flight. And I'm glad that I didn't because if you change up your flight, like the second that you change up your flight, one of those hungry standby passengers takes it from you. I found this out later because as I was sitting there for the hours I was in front of the gate, uh, as I was sitting there, I found a girl across from me was talking about this flight. And she apparently was on an earlier flight. And she thought she'd miss it. So she tried to get on this flight, the one that I was on. But then she saw it was delayed, so she tried to reroute herself. And the second she tried to reroute herself, she gave up her seat. And like 10 minutes later when she realized that she couldn't reroute herself or whatever, she tried to get her seat back. And the airline was like, no, your seat's gone now. So point being, had I tried to reroute myself and created all the stress and, you know, sprinted to some terminal that may not have even been the right terminal that I was at. If I had put myself through all that stress, I easily could have been stuck overnight anyway. And here's the thing, I wasn't stuck overnight. And at the end of the day, when I got in my Uber at 2 a.m. and when I got home by 2.30 and was greeted by my just, oh, just perfect puppies, uh, I, uh, my Uber driver and Alex were like, Alex being my husband, the other, we're like, how was the flight? And here's the thing. It wasn't super pleasant because it was so late. But I went from Chicago, Illinois to Los Angeles, California in a period of a few hours on an airplane that I did not have to fly that stayed in the air the whole time except for, you know, takeoff and landing, which it's supposed to be coming down for. So like here – so so my point being – it wasn't it was like the flight wasn't the most fun thing in the world but i still got to go home and i still don't know how to fly an airplane so you got to keep things in perspective i was still home and i was done with these travels i was uh, done for a while with this stuff and that's it that's all i had control over i simply had control over my attitude towards what was happening i was also reminded of this because as all of us were uh, crankily, I'm going to say all these cranky passengers were sitting there waiting for this flight to get boarded as it's late and it's already being late. So it's later now. Uh, plane comes up and, and it was it was delayed, they said, because of mechanical error. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in a plane that works that's delayed than a plane that they're like, well, there's a mechanical error, but I'd rather have them go out on time, probably this won't affect us. Now, I want my plane working 100%. I, I feel like that's reasonable. So as we're waiting to board, all of us crankzillas just sitting there so cranky, 
Um, some people were fine and some weren't. And there were two people that had markedly different approaches to this. And I would say I was right in the middle. I'll be honest. I wasn't my best self. I wasn't Miss Charming. I wasn't chatting with people. I even went to the bar and I got myself a red wine, a glass of red wine. And I could tell that the person next to me wanted to chat. And, I, and normally I'd engage, but I'm ju- I just am not still recalibrating. So I just was like, nope, I don't feel like doing that. So I wasn't, so I'd put myself as neutral party, right? I was being very neutral. I was just like, it is what it is. And it's fine. One woman was, oh, she was angry. I mean, the plane, I think it pulled up or hadn't yet pulled up and it was already delayed or something. And she is just, she's just mean. She's just mad. She's talking to her partner like he's like he's somehow got control over it. She's just she's just so cranky. You can feel you can feel the tense anger coming off of her. And then this other woman was with her partner, and she laid her head on his shoulder, and she was smiling, and she was just chilling because she knew that she didn't have control over it, and she also probably knew what I knew, which is I don't actually have to fly the plane once it gets here. I can chill. I can sleep. I can watch TV. So like, you know, it's not ideal. None of us are an ideal situation. But as as I was looking at these two women who were mere feet from each other and I was uh, it, between them just in completely neutral zone, just uh, checked out. But I was watching the one and I thought, boy, she's putting herself through a lot of anger and a lot of stress and her body is feeling so much anger and stress right now. And I was looking at this other lady and I thought, her body is not. She's just, she's actually somehow happy. <laughs> because because what we have control over, what do we have control over? Unless it's your airplane, you don't have control over the plane. Even then, you don't have control over what happens to the plane. You can only maintain it and take care of it, right? We don't have control over that. We only have control over our own attitudes and our own perspectives on it. That's it. I tried to control when I would be getting home by not offering to voucher change my plane. I tried to say, nope, I want to be home 30 minutes earlier. I ended up home four hours later because we don't have control. I don't want to get all nihilistic, nihilistic, however you say it, however you say it. I mean, I feel like you can say it either way. Uh, I don't want to get all like nothing matters on everybody because stuff does matter. But truth be told... It doesn't always matter as much as we think we, it does. All that matters is what you're learning from a moment. All that matters is the perspective that you have on it, what you're gaining from it. That's like all that matters. That's what we have control over. And I'm not saying everything has to be happy all the time. Like I said, I was pretty neutral. And I, I'll be honest, I'm still kind of recalibrating. I'm not best Brianna, although creating stuff like this helps to get her back but uh that you can have feelings and you can have a range of emotions the difference is keeping your overall perspective and understanding what you do and don't have control over there was a time in my life I would have been crankzilla I would have been whiny I would have been and I was a little whiny because again I am not currently in uh Pollyanna Brianna mode that makes sense like Pollyanna Brianna that sort of makes sense. But but I, I, at least I knew enough to know that 
putting anger in my body, putting stress, extra stress in my body wouldn't serve me at all because I don't have control over it. All I could control was my attitude towards it. And I would love to tell you that I had a positive attitude, that I was like the lady who was just chilling with her husband. But you've probably already figured out I didn't. I had a very neutral attitude. I was like, all right, okay, fine. And I did get some stuff done. I got some stuff done. And uh, it was fine. And then on the flight home, I slept for a solid 10 minutes and there was a little bit of turbulence and I had to help the captain keep the plane in the air because he's up there, you know, doing his captain thing and I'm back there doing my prayer thing, grabbing the seats and making sure that, you know, he has support from row 31A, just emotional support, even if, you know, he didn't know it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit from my, uh, from Articulate Neanderthal, my stand-up special. Anyway. Yeah, the point is, uh, you know, then I watched TV and it was fine. It was fine. And uh, at the end of the day, I know that I at least didn't add stress to my body, even if I didn't make it the most positive. But I didn't add stress because we can only control so much, friends. And we can care intensely and still recognize that we do not have control. I think that's the difference between saying there's no control, nothing matters, and being totally, you know, nihilistic, nihilistic, whatever you want to say, like nothing matters. I feel like things can matter, but you can also recognize that you don't have control over them. You don't have control over people, the way they act. You can articulate how you feel about things, but you don't have control over what they do. And every time you, like me, try and say to the universe, no, I have control over this situation, it will very likely slap you in the face back and go, (laughs) oh, honey, no, you don't. And it'll say it all sassy like that, too. That's all I got. That's it. That's it. I have control over when we end this podcast, and I say we end it now. Thank you so much for listening, friends. I really appreciate it. Um, Check out my stuff, briannahanson.com. I'll have show notes for this if, you know, that's something you're into. Really just links to things uh, that you already know. And... Other fun stuff that I'm doing outside of this. Uh, And I have another podcast coming out very soon uh, that's different than this. And it's a collaboration with someone, so I'm stoked for it. So, yeah, check it out. Thanks for listening, friends. Thank you, seriously. I do appreciate it. I I see the handful of you that are downloading this regularly, and I'm like, ooh, I love that. I love you. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.